This episode is powered by Voxite.com. If you are a medium to large business looking for custom web design with personalized service, visit Voxite.com, bringing businesses and brands to life on the web. My online art portfolio, print shop, and this podcast website was all designed by Voxite, so head over and check them out at V-A-U-X-I-T-E.com. Welcome to the Socratic Dialogues podcast. I'm your host and visual artist, Kristen Yamis. With both my art and this podcast, I ask the questions that have affected our lives since the days of Socrates. Together, we will explore the thoughts and stories behind those who walk amongst us. With each episode, you'll find the full audio version along with show notes, pictures, and video clips over at kyamis.com. And if you love it, please subscribe and share. Also, you can follow me at Kayamis Art, both on Instagram and Facebook. And my book, Como Te Yamis, is coming out this month, so get ready for that to hit bookstores near you. I am really excited about this episode because I have my very own mother with me today, and we're doing kind of a special Mother's Day episode and talking about motherhood, and of course it's my mom, so we had a lot of fun, and she talks about raising nine kids because I'm one of nine children. There's eight brothers and sisters that I have, and also about her own mom. Um, Her mom was raised actually where she didn't have a mom because her mother's mom passed away when her mom was very young. So that kind of element of it, we've got all the stories of my mom and her childhood, and it's kind of a great episode on like the three generations of motherhood. So I think that you'll get a lot out of it. I think you'll have a lot of fun with us. There's a lot of giggling, um, but again, as always, I love to hear your thoughts, so please feel free to comment and share and connect with me. There's show notes at kayamis.com, so I hope you enjoy it. We are creatively tapping into philosophy. Okay, so here goes nothing. In a world where everyone has <laughs> a podcast. No, that is not the intro. I thought you wanted an intro that was dramatic. Go. From her art studios. <laughs> All right, this is Kristen Yamas coming to you from my art studio in Nashville, Tennessee. This is the Socratic Dialogues podcast. Today we are going to talk about a beautiful topic and that's motherhood. And while everyone is not a mother, everyone has a mother. And I'm so excited to be here with my own very beautiful mother in my art studio. She's here as my special guest today. Hi, Mom. Hey, sweetheart. It's so <laughs> good to be here. And motherhood is my favorite favorite subject, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my mother, she's not just my own mother, but I'm one of nine kids. So for the past 38 years... She has managed to nurture nine human beings, and they have all entered adulthood. Yes, it's so sad. It's going to end soon. Well, not really. It'll never end. But the baby's going off, and hopefully they'll move out soon. (laughs) You're ready now? I'm ready. So ready. (laughs) So we're going to talk a little bit with my own mom and what motherhood means to her. But also on the topic of motherhood, I wanted to mention a little bit about the female sculptor Barbara Hepworth. And she was a mother of four. She had her first son, and then in her second pregnancy, she was actually only prepared for one baby, but she had triplets. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yes. Well, and it's crazy because <clears throat> nobody knew she was carrying three babies. So, I mean, this was 1934, so times were a lot different as far as prenatal care goes. But she said, it was a tremendously exciting event. We were only prepared for one child, and the arrival of three babies by six o'clock in the morning meant considerable improvisation for the next few days. Few days, <laughs> right? Whoa, her entire life, maybe <laughs> nothing will ever be the same again. <laughs> I know, at least you didn't have us all together, we had a little bit of yeah. a gap between us. People always ask that question Do you have any twins or triplets? <clears throat> or twi- triplets, and I'm like, No, no, thank god. <laughs> but some of us are pretty close. So, what's the biggest age difference? Is it two years? About? Uh, a little over two years, I think. Um, and then the closest are 17 months. I think the boys are each 17 months. So, And then, so with us, with the nine of us, I have four brothers and four sisters. And there was actually an age gap between the first five of us and then also the final four. And that was what, like six or seven years? I think it was like Joey. six years. I, I don't know if I've ever actually figured it out or thought, thought that much about it, but... So how was it going back to starting back off with diapers and everything for another four kids? It always took, well, you know, it always takes a couple months to really get in the rhythm. And once you do, it's like, you you know, riding a bike, you just feel like you've done it every, you know, forever. And just natural. It's just really natural. And, but, um, well, I noticed with even just the third having, I have three daughters and, I had the older two were only two years apart, and you know that. But then with the third, she was four years apart. And just having the two older kids, which I knew, I kind of knew what it was like to be a mom at that point. But then I was like spoiled because my older two could get themselves right. dressed. They, and they're, they're so self sufficient. And then all of a sudden, you have to go back to actually doing everything for right. you know, and sometimes they relapse to um get a little attention of course yeah and yeah that's always fun the <laughs> oldest my oldest was the one who was really? like the neediest and then yeah crimson and she <clears throat> although she was very helpful it was i still kind of spent more time you know dealing with the emotional side which is different than when they're all babies you just kind of keep them alive right right so and they okay. being older being a little bit older like she was she would notice the lack of attention she was getting because of the baby and not resent it but just feel like I want some of that too you know yeah (laughs) understandably (laughs) she had so much the oldest is the only one who ever actually has you to themselves right their upbringing it's too bad they can't remember all that time and attention you spent on them when they're looking at the next one and the next one and thinking why do they pay so much attention to them when they didn't you know they're not doing that for me but yeah, and it's but, like, oh, uh, the baby, you love the baby more than yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yep. Every one of you guys said that to me. No, I didn't. I just I just took the time I needed with you when I had the time to do it, and then, you know, now it's their time. And <laughs> right. <laughs> well, um... Not enough time. Never enough time. Never enough time. We never have enough time. <laughs> I know, I was thinking that about <clears throat> daylight savings coming up, and I was like, I can't afford to lose an hour in the day. I mean... Every hour is precious. Every hour is accounted for, and I need that hour. <laughs> so, true. It is so true. And even if it's sleep, I just need that hour of sleep. I don't know how people do it at work all day. I, I can't even imagine not having... I feel like I'm so busy all the time, and 
you know, and they have to come home and do all the stuff that I do in a matter of a few hours every day, and I just can't imagine that. Right. Well, that's true, because you were a stay-at-home mom with us. There right. are so many now families that need that dual income, and both right. have left. But then they're also trying to pay for child support and, you know, all of the, the career challenges that go hand-in-hand with who's going to be at this the school conferences and what if the kid gets sick right i can't even imagine it it was it was enough just to be there all the time and it just seemed like i never there was not not enough of me to go around and (laughs) enough time to do it all but it was fun it was fun and i wouldn't change a thing well, that's neat. Um, Barbara Hepworth, uh, she managed to have a full-blown career, of course, more from home with her kids because she was an artist. Um, and she was actually dubbed the greatest living female sculptor during her time. And she wow. was, yeah, one of her close friends was Henry Moore. And he's very well known around the house. You know, he has those curved sculptures where the, the lying down one and it's kind of curvy and there's a lot of negative space. But uh, Barbara Hepworth, she was appointed a dame in Britain. A dame? So she, yes, which is equivalent to a knight. <laughs> but the female version of a knight. Gotcha. So I thought that was interesting. And, she, you know, she's doing this with, uh, with four kids and everything that she's trying to do. Um, and, and then... A, a dame and a mother. She's Gosh. a dame and a mother, yes. And then, I'm so jealous. <laughs> you too can be a dame. I don't think so. <laughs> Only in Britain. Um, so she was also mm. the Tate's first female trustee, which is pretty cool. I mean, that's a neat thing to be appointed to. Um, most of her sculptures were abstract, but motherhood had an effect on her work, and she has several mother and child sculptor sculptures so yeah so this one she started out more realistic and you can kind of see here and then it went to these two curved objects so this is 1927 we're just looking at a couple of her um different sculptures i love the way they evolve yes and then by 1937 so this is 1934 where it gets a little bit abstract this is more of a figure and a figure and then 1937 is literally, it's called two forms, and it's just a bigger form and a smaller form, which is, mm-hmm. I thought was kind of neat, because Very as cool. she grew, you know, motherhood still played such a big role. Um, and then her eldest son, Paul, he was, he actually died in a plane crash while he was serving in the Air Force. Aww. So that was really devastating to her. Um, and he was the old, the oldest. He was not one of the triplets. Um, so that was that affected her and her work and everything. Wow, I but, can't imagine that. Yeah, I know. That's that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> like I outliving I your children. Wanna, we don't, don't want to experience that. that one. No, and the, unfortunately, so many people have. It's really sad. But my favorite quote of hers, which is why I wanted to talk about her, is she says. My studio was a jumble of children, rocks, sculptures, trees, important flowers, and washing. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's so hilarious that she included washing in there. Sculpt a little, throw a little laundry. (laughs) Exactly. And we joke about it because my studio space, it's a converted garage space, but also... I have my washer and dryer in here. I have my laundry in here. And granted, we made it. We tried to make it look pretty. I mean, the laundry is, you know, it's laundry. But um, 
<laughs> it's just a part of your life. When you're a mother, I feel like I'm always buried in laundry. Well, that's the beauty of being able to work from home too. You can, you know, you can accomplish all that while you're being creative and everything, and and you don't have to leave your responsibilities at home, and you know, and then come back to it later on when you're exhausted and. Right. So it's, it's yes. <clears throat> I actually like to now I'll be folding laundry. Like I look for every reason to multitask. <laughs> I like folding laundry while listening to a podcast, especially if it's an educational one, because mm-hmm. I feel like at least I'm educating myself while doing this really mundane task. And I just felt feel a little bit better. I can look forward to it because I want to listen to that episode. I do the same thing, but mine is HGTV. And I... <laughs> You're learning how to, you know, fix I'm learning how to do something, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at least I enjoy my job a little more when I'm ironing or whatever I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you kind of just have to, I think any part of the motherhood, you're either, even if you're not physically doing something, you're thinking about whatever needs to be done or you're worrying about where this child is or what right, this child is right. doing. And yeah, you never stop that. Mm-hmm. No matter what age. I always say to my kids, when you're inside of me, I protect you, and then you go off and you walk away from me, and then you run away from me, and then you drive away from me, and all the while I'm sitting there worrying about you. And uh, yeah, and then we get we come home later and later, and then we just don't come home. Right, right. And And hopefully, I will still see you, even though you're at your own house, and it isn't a permanent "don't come home." (laughs) But (laughs) I try to come home. Come visit. We always threaten to move away when they start bouncing back home after they move out once. We get we give them one or two chances and then they then we move away and they don't they don't get to come home again. Yeah. <laughs> Only to visit. Oh, well, and so my parents, this is a totally other part of having these nine kids. My parents actually moved a lot. I'm pretty sure the house they're in right now, what you've been there 3 years now? This is the longest we've been in in a house since we lived in Livonia, which was, when did we move from there? 2001. No. It was earlier because I was a right. senior. So well, I we graduated lived in Livonia in still for a little while. We moved out of our house and to another house in Livonia, and then we moved to Henrietta, and then we moved to Florida. So. And this is New York. I grew up in New York. My, my mother grew up in New York. Right. My husband and I met in um, high school, and... Fell in love and got married, and that High was a hundred years ago at least. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies though when you're having fun. And then <clears throat> with Caroline, my older sister, she was kind of a surprise. You guys were pretty young. Yeah. Were you planning on getting of, married? Like that we had young? talked about getting married, mm-hmm. so we were definitely going to get married. But yes, she kind of encouraged us to get married a little sooner. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> but um so do you feel like that made like was that the transition into really growing up or oh it's amazing it's amazing how you you have to all of a sudden you know and we because we were young I think in a way that's a positive thing because we didn't get set in any ways of you know going out and getting into bad habits of you know and and being overly selfish as young adults Right, like being able to travel a lot without right, kids. And right, all that. we kind of it's went from, from you know living as children to having to take care of children, and mm-hmm. and I can't say it was a bad thing. You know, we didn't have a lot of baggage as far as old relationships. 
which a lot of people have a hard time getting past, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we kind of grew up together, basically, and, and then, you know, raised our children and, and um, learned a lot together, really. Yeah. Well, let's take so. it back. So <clears throat> you were born in Rochester, New York. Right. And then, um, first of all, uh, we didn't even ask your name. You're just my mom. So, Como te llamas? Yes, Como te llamas. I'm doing this art project, and it's called Como te llamas, the Llamas Art Show. So, Como te llamas? <laughs> well, my mother and father found my name in a baby book for one year, and um, I, they said they didn't see it after that, and they had six children, so they had looked, you know, looked through baby books throughout I should say before that they had looked through baby books numerous times for names and um, they liked it people say well did they want a boy I I don't think they really cared <laughs> and I don't know if they were gonna use the name even if they did have a boy but um, and I have met two Allen's spelled a-l-l-y-n like mine mm-hmm. since they were both my age really yes and they were both girls no one was a boy no. and one was a girl oh okay mm-hmm. Yeah, back in high school, I met met them one one boy and one girl, and um, hmm. it was it was interesting because I had never you know, and, and to this day, those were the only two I've ever heard. I don't of, think other I've ever met an Allen Welsh Allen on your you know your instruments at the doctor's <laughs> office. I don't see yeah, that that's name. True. That's the correct spelling of it too. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've never met a female Allen besides. Yeah, and you, you hear like we have um, some friends. And his middle name is Alan, and I believe, I don't know if it is. Is it A-L-A-N, A-L? No, it might have been spelled that way, actually. I can't So my remember. mom's name is spelled A-L-L-Y-N, and everyone wants to call her Allie. Everything or in the book. Alin. They're afraid of it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> my husband, my husband, when we were growing up, he said that people always thought he was dating a boy which is not a big deal <laughs> except for I wasn't a boy <laughs> Alan it was always Tom and Alan <laughs> so that was always kind of funny he was a little embarrassed but um, so did you identify with that name growing up did you ever feel like an Alan or not feel like an Alan how did you I I don't know if I ever really thought about it that way I liked it because it was slightly different mm. but Every, I mean, literally, I had to correct everyone. Or not, I didn't, I mean, I didn't correct it because I didn't really care. But, you know, they would say, is that how you say your name? And I would, you know, say it for them. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's fine. I, I don't, I like it because it's different. Yeah, you know? now that you're older. Uh, yeah, now that I'm older, it's, um, it's kind of a, I want to say one of a kind, even though obviously it isn't. But it's, <laughs> it's pretty close. I mean, I'm. I feel bad. Yeah, I named you Kristen. <laughs> there's a lot of Kristen. There's a lot of Kristen. Not that I don't like the name, but it is so, kind of common. <laughs> yeah, we can talk yeah. about you know the baggage our parents put on us. <laughs> That's for another episode. <laughs> oh, no the baggage. name that we, we get. <laughs> Well, that's funny because I found that the names that we use that were more family names mm-hmm. are a little more special. And I feel like if I had to do it all over again, I would definitely choose names that, you know, were family. Um, like Caroline, my oldest, is from my um, my dad's mom. And uh, her name was Carrie Ann. So we named her Caroline Ann, just like her. 
and uh, Joseph, of course, is after Grandpa. And um, who else? Oh, Dominique is after my yeah, husband's grandfather. My and, what, he, so he'd be he's my great grandfather, Dominic. Right. And she was born on his birthday. She was born on his birthday, so that worked out well. And I love the name. And it's funny because I imagined her. When I had her, I imagined her, or when I was going to have her, and we talked about the name. She looked exactly like she does, and I always tell her. She looked exactly like that, except for she was about a foot taller. <laughs> She's a short, <laughs> just a little thing. She didn't get your height, so. It's so funny, too, because mm. I noticed with names that our middle child, for instance, we can't swap Crimson and li- Lily. Crimson is exactly what I thought Crimson would look like. And we had her name picked in advance. Crimson right. is what I thought, you know, my husband and I, what we would make would as make. a child. <laughs> so, and then Lily, I mean, it was just such a different, it had a different feeling about it. And I dreamt of this light haired, light eyed, like right. really fair and child. And you very know, having, much like that. Yeah. And ha- yeah. yeah, the two of them, you can't swap their names. They, they are their own names, right. which was right. interesting. Yeah, I remember when Crimson was little and you used to dress her in crimson quite often. Mm -hmm. And it just suited her. But Lily is softer. Yeah, more pinks. Yeah, pinks and and pale blues and yellows and, you know, soft, soft colors and... And then there's Fee. <laughs> <laughs> Fee. Indescribable Little Fisher Fee. So Fisher, our third daughter, is actually named after my mother. It's my mom's maiden name. So my mom is Alan, a- Alan Abraham now, but Alan Fisher was her. With a C. <laughs> with a C. It's German. And so Fisher was, whether she was a boy or a girl, she was getting that name. <laughs> she was going to be, I wanted to Thank carry God the it was name. a universal name. <laughs> so we little Fifi, mm. she's, she's like a little pastor down version of my mom it's so it's <laughs> such an honor to have that and when you when you talked about naming her fisher all i could think of was my father would be very happy yeah. he would be really well really and grandpa happy. was an artist so w- w- as far as your parents go what kind of like upbringing did you have in new york where were you from obviously i know a lot of this but <clears throat> Where were you yeah, from? We, were, were we lived like? in the city. We had a very modest upbringing. Didn't you know? We ate well. I mean, not well like as, and my mother was not a great cook, but <laughs> but there was always food in the house. But we didn't have a lot. I remember when I was um, I was babysitting for my sister's uh, first son, and um, I earned some money and I bought a pair of jeans. My first pair of jeans, they were five dollars, and <laughs> I spent my own money on those jeans. <laughs> I was so proud of them. And, well, your um, mom made most of your clothes, too, yeah, didn't she? Yeah, she taught me how to sew, and um, hopefully I passed that love of sewing on to mm-hmm. you guys. And, um, you definitely did. Yeah, so, um, but it, we had a happy childhood. We had neighbors that we hung out with. Um, we just, we were outside all day. We didn't come in for, you know, like mm-hmm. nowadays. It's like, we're so, we have to be so protective of our children and stuff. But then it was like, my mom would say it in the morning after breakfast, go play, go play. Don't come back till dinner or, <laughs> you know, nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock whenever it got dark. And, um, which was fine with us. We just, you know, we did our own thing. And Was she a pretty nurturing mom or just more like making sure you're okay? Or? Yeah, she was more of a, you know, she did what we we were always well taken care of but she wasn't the most um warm woman and i think it was because she didn't have a mom she lost her mom when she was about mm-hmm. two um 
And I remember as she got older, she definitely, I remember when I came home one time and I gave her a big hug and um, how she hugged me back. And I don't, I don't remember as a child getting hugged a lot. Really? Yeah. Did your dad hug you a lot, or just? Um, not, I was, no one really. I was a daddy's girl, but mm -hmm. I can't say they were overly physically touchy. But then they weren't. They didn't talk about a lot of things either. They were mm -hmm. much more reserved. Um, you know, they they kept like if we had money problems, I would never have known it. Really? You know. Um, did your just, mom work when you were young, or did she not work until you were older? She didn't work until I was um, in late middle school I think like you know maybe tw 11 12 I think she started working but no she she didn't when we were young she was there I remember she didn't drive so if we had to go anywhere we had to take a bus we took a city bus and I remember going downtown on a <clears throat> on a city bus um and we had a, a some kind of an ice cream thing at I think it was Sibley's or something downtown mm -hmm. but um yeah, she didn't drive. I remember when she got her first car, and she, my father taught her how to drive. That was a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> no. Grandma, Grandma drove with two feet. <laughs> she drove with two feet because she was learning. When she originally learned, she was learning with a clutch, mm -hmm. and she could not ever drop that. So she always drove with two feet. And um, But he taught her how to drive. She finally got her license and inherited, I think it was my father's, my grandmother on my father's side's car okay. and it was a big white thing that's all I remember and um, she drove that for a while and then my oldest daughter was backing into our driveway and we lived on a busy street mm -hmm. and somebody came around the corner and clipped her and and um, I don't know if it if it killed the car or if she just if they got a new one because they just wanted one or what but that was the end of the big white car. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So, so that well, that, that was Carrie. Carrie, you said your oldest daughter. Your I oldest, mean my your oldest, oldest sister. sister. Okay, I'm sorry, my okay. sister. Your sister. Okay, yeah. I was like, I don't remember my car. Mm -hmm. That makes more sense then. No, that's another story. She did that also. She, <laughs> she, <laughs> we let her use one of our cars, and uh, she got in an accident like the very first time she drove. Oh, I think no. oh. <laughs> up in Livonia, yeah. but. Um, yeah. yeah, so we had a nice childhood. I mean, yeah. I, I have fond memories, you know, and every kid is different. I know you have different memories of your childhood mm -hmm. than like Kelly or, you know, it's yeah. it's interesting. I've always wanted to write a book of with everybody giving their own take on childhood, their own right. childhood, their own version of what they... From their own perspective. Right, versus, right, because everybody's yeah. perspective is so different. It would be so neat to hear the same exact stories being right. told by each right. child. And then I forget that the younger kids are, first of all, they were raised in the South for the most part, mm -hmm. So, and they have no memories. I mean, obviously, they'll have no oh, memories they don't, yeah, of any mean, of New York, yeah, hardly. They don't you know, remember being in New York at all. Other than when we go back to visit. They think mm -hmm. they're you know, from New York and all that. But it's like, you weren't even, you know, Danny was like a year old when we left there or something. I don't even know. Yeah. John turned a year, actually. John turned a year when we moved to Florida like a month later. Mm -hmm. Well, so. and a funny thing about that, uh, the when my brothers were little, John, the youngest, he's 18 now. He's about to turn 
19, right? In April. Yeah, yeah 19. Yeah, 19 in April. So the baby is about to turn 19. Uh, my husband met him when he was just one. <laughs> so, of course, we weren't married yet. We were dating. But we got married, and he was, I think he was just two at our wedding. He was so, young. Right. He was so still, for the younger yeah. siblings, they I never lived with them. I mean, that right. they remember. Right. I was always you out li- of the you house. You lived with us for sh- such a short amount of time when they were when they Caroline. Were maybe a few months here and there because mm-hmm. she got married and um yes it was a totally different totally different upbringing and right and they grew I forget up that yeah they grew up so different because it was it, mostly girls it was my parents had four girls you guys had four girls and then a boy so we right. grew up with like barbies and yeah, dress up i liked and that crafts. a lot <laughs> and then now it's boys now it's all boys don't like that all the girls moved out got married did whatever now i can relate to your father when he, <laughs> he had to be there with all of us girls and you know. yeah it's a boy 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 all yeah. the time but um and boys are so different it's it's amazing how different and you can't just say like we had you four and then joe and and joey was joey was involved with the daisies i was a daisy leader <laughs> joey was a daisy he didn't he didn't know anything different you know he yeah. and the teachers at school always said oh he gets along with the girls most boys at that age you know they can't play with the girls they don't mm-hmm. like the girls they have cooties and joey never did joey loved the girls because he was used to playing with girls he was the baby of he four was used sisters. to being a daisy <laughs> So. He had to use Skipper when they were playing right. in the, the dollhouse. <laughs> Poor Joe. But and we used to go out in the, in the yard if he wanted to be a boy and play football with himself. Yeah, nobody ever wanted to play sports with him. So, um, <clears throat> but now, um, you know, the boys, the boys, you know, I feel left out. I feel like the... I, I've made in the house like I'm just constantly cleaning yeah. up and they're coming and going and, and doing their own thing and I <clears throat> I can't really relate yeah to what they're thinking or well now they have girlfriends and girlfriends and yuck all their and, friends and I enjoy yuck. the boys <laughs> I enjoy the boys and they're very good to me I have to say but it's just totally different it's just not you know I mean thank God for you guys because I still have someone you know when I want to go shopping or when I want to do a project or they're not as, they're not as gung ho about mm. doing the projects and doing the work. <laughs> so the type of mother you are to your daughters versus your sons, like do you notice yourself acting differently towards them when you, even when you were raising them, like when we were younger or was there I wasn't, I don't know that I was anything? aware of it, but I'm sure I had to adapt as I do now, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, See, I, I don't know because I only have yeah, girls. <laughs> I know. And I don't I, know what it's like to it's have It's funny because when I was younger and my sister, my sister Lisa had, had two boys and they used to get into the kitchen and wrestle and I thought to myself, I could never, this was when I had like. You know, I was just starting to a family and we would have a girl and then we had another girl and, you know, and these boys were growing up and I'm thinking to myself, gosh, I don't want boys. <laughs> I can't see myself as a mother of boys because I protect them. Mm-hmm. I want that, you know, this is the role of a mother is to protect your children and they're out trying to kill each other. I, I just couldn't, that concept is, is foreign to me. And they have so much testosterone that they can't control. Oh, yeah. They're constantly fighting. And, and even when they're not fighting physically, 
they're so competitive. Oh, everything, constantly. everything, even with their father, you know, mm-hmm. everything is, is they sit at the dinner table and it's this competition of who's better at what. And, and I just sit there and I pray for dinner to be over so I can go clean up, <laughs> clean up the kitchen. So, so you can go have... be the maid again. <laughs> That's pretty sad. It's quieter. <laughs> nobody, nobody helps you. So they just, they let you. Definitely. No, they're very good at clearing the table. Actually, I think dad does most of that, but, but they do help. But yeah, um, I have a good relationship with them, but it's definitely different. It's definitely different. And um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know what to expect, but um, I really thought that we would not have sons. I I had dreams about having boys and rejected them. (laughs) (laughs) So what how many kids did you want? Did you even want children? The only child we actually knew we had to have was. Thomas, Freddie, well, Frederick Thomas, his name is. We we planned him. He's named after my father. Um, we planned him because we had Grace, and she was after the gap. Mm, and yeah. we knew we didn't want break. an only, you know, mm-hmm. because you guys were so much older and stuff. But um, he was the planned one. This is a child that used to take a permanent marker and draw the outline of their younger sibling on the rug. <laughs> like they were dead. Like, like they like were it's in... a crime scene? <laughs> Special victims unit, or I don't even know. <laughs> oh, yes. That's oh, what happens God. when you plan a child. Yeah. You get a really, this really is special what you get. one. So, you get a yeah. <laughs> he is special. He is he's he's special. beautiful, and he's, he's a great kid. brilliant, and he's very... Um, What's the word I want? Very uh, focused. He totally is very focused. focused and driven. Anything and he does, strategic. he's hundred percent focused on. But which I, is kind of the opposite of us because we are. Oh, so. And I mean, like airhead? No, no, not that <laughs> word. Uh, what's um, the word? Very um, relaxed. <laughs> yes, we just kind of like fly Float. by the seat of our pants and we just get through. We pivot a lot. Mm. We decide one day we're going to have these plans and we change them. Well, you have to as a mother too, though. Don't yeah. you agree? That's I mean, very true. You have to be so versatile because you never know what to expect. I mean, how many times did I? We used to have bottles that had that plastic liner in them. How many times I'd walk out the door? already finally all ready to go mm. wherever we happen to be going and either one of the kids would poop their pants or i would the bottle liner would break and the milk would be everywhere all over and you know you have to start over again and mm. you just have to be able to adapt to any situation and i think that's why we're so good at multitasking also mm-hmm. you know we have to just adapt to whatever comes at you i'm a reactor mm-hmm. i'm not a i'm not a real like planner yeah I don't plan I don't um I just I just react to whatever comes towards Well, when you have nine children and we are I mean I'm pretty sure we all text or call you on the daily and you kind of don't know what each one of us need or are going through or emotionally like requesting support for or (laughs) the worst phone calls are when you when the phone ring or the text goes off and it's after like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night. And you know it can't be good. Mm-hmm. And one one time recently, it was like in a week, it happened three times. And I was like, oh, gosh. And, you know, you go along. You go along in your daily life. And you're so, you know, you take things for granted. And you make these little plans here and there, you know. And all of a sudden, you get the text or the call, you know, um, Caroline fell off of her silks and broke her back or Tommy can't get up off the floor at the radio station, you know, cause he 
I don't know. We didn't know at the like time. Some spasm know. or something. It was some spasm yeah. in his back, but who knows, you know. Um, I forget what the third one. Oh, it was probably one of the Jack or Joey. One of the grandkids. Well, okay, mm-hmm. there's another thing. So now you've had nine kids. You're vulnerable to anything that happens in any of our lives. But now you also have, how many grandkids is it? Ten. Ten. Ten grandkids. Ten grandkids. Ten. So now you already more and than I don't doubles. think we're done. No. It's just the beginning. <laughs> well, maybe halfway. I think maybe halfway. Uh, but you never know, you know. It's always a surprise. Like mm-hmm. Joe's fourth, Joe and Ashley's fourth was right. definitely a shocker. Um, and now you have all of these little people, including your big people now that you care about and you want to be there and available for. Like I said, there's it's, just not there's enough no, time. <laughs> no, and there's no end to it. I mean, you're my go-to babysitter. The kids love you, and I know they're safe with you. You're about the only person I trust with them overnight. So, <laughs> so well, I feel honored. We have to put, we have to mark it on your calendar. Say reserve this block because we. Are yes, you have this. to mark it because God knows if I have to mark it, I forget. <laughs> By the time it gets to the calendar, it's out of my head. <laughs> you, you have to make reservations. About a year in advance, yeah. if you're going to take a vacation yeah. and your quest gammy to babysit. Well, it terrifies <laughs> me because I don't want, I've always been very conscious of the fact that I don't want any one of you to feel like I don't care or I don't love you as much as the rest. Although I think that you and I have very much in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and and get along really well. Maybe because we're a little bit more alike mm-hmm. than some, but I would I would feel awful. You know, it's it's like back when we used to do Easter baskets or Christmas presents. You always had to make sure you had you know the same amount of You'd count jelly the beans and, and <laughs> jelly beans. the gifts and you know she got an extra peep <laughs> and believe it or favorite. not they did that they mm-hmm. actually counted you know mm-hmm. so um, and we've never been one to really be extravagant with any you know of our gifts or anything like that anyway so it was a little easier but um you know I I always want and and to me my time is much more important than any gift I could give you Mm -hmm. because we you know we don't have you know oh well we fight over you because you know there's so I can't, many, I so can't many wait of us. to the day when, well, I shouldn't say that. That sounds terrible. <laughs> when I get to decide who I get to live with and when. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll, my we'll husband isn't then. around anymore and I have to um I mean, you don't know. You guys in. could both you be, know. you know, just need somebody to help there you do the day to day. There you go. But and, uh, we'll be competing for who gets to have mom. We live may with or them. may not have a RV to come visit you in, depending <laughs> on how many of us are together together and <laughs> come come up the road but um. so it's so bad that when we sit down for family dinner and we all get together at Thanksgiving it's like the only holiday we get together um, everyone comes to my parents no matter where they are whether you were in Florida New York they have Tennessee, been faithful we, about coming wherever we ha- happen to be at the mm-hmm. time whichever house we live in but we all fight over who gets to sit next to mom <laughs> So, I mean, you must feel pretty honored. You're very I loved. Do, I do. Even the grandkids. Yes. Oh, now I have to fight my own children for oh, you. No. I know. How can you do that? They don't ever share you. My kids do not share you with me. I have to say, no, this is my time with Gammy. I am going to hang out with Gammy. And that's hard, You can't too. come. That's so mm-hmm. hard, too, because when we're together, I struggle so much with wanting to spend time with you mm-hmm. and then wanting to play and do the things they want to do and right. it's 
I never want them to feel like I would rather, you know, build a swing set than which is for them play on the swing set <laughs> yeah. with them. So what were we we're doing, still doing the other something day? for them? We just you want were to do screwing it in screws, and I was swinging on the swing, <laughs> making the swing set move while I was trying to screw. <laughs> Always an adventure. But Fisher was having a blast, so yes. that's all that matters. So, She's but, very entertained. But there is a balance. It's and that's the biggest struggle is finding making sure that they know because I. I would that would be my my biggest failure to think that any one of you didn't think I cared enough to mm-hmm. you know spend Well and my it's time funny because you. as a mother this is your you feel like you really want it to be fair and you want us to feel equally loved and appreciated. So we grew up with our father Dad would pit us against each other yeah. and make us fight for his love. So it's it's interesting to think about that. I read a quote. I forget who the quote was by now, but it talked about fathers being like the Republicans <laughs> and mothers being like Democrats, like a more democratic society. Oh. And and I thought that was kind of a funny. But that's one. why you have to have a mother and a father. I think it's God made that. Yeah. God made that so. Well, you now, know. okay, so speaking of having a mother and father, your mom didn't have a mother. So right. Right. who was she raised by? She was raised by her father and her grandmother on her mother's side. Very awkward, I can only imagine. They lived in the same house together and raised her. Very rarely spoke, wow. she said. Really? Yeah, very rarely spoke. It was unless, just her dad unless, and her grandma. Right, unless it was something that had to do with her upbringing, they really didn't speak. Now, but did she, she have loved siblings? her grandmother. She had a brother, um, she, the, but the brother was was an infant and was raised by their aunt and uncle, I believe. I don't know exactly how that came about or anything, but when, when he was born and her mom, I don't know if it was that child that caused her to get sick or if there was another one, mm-hmm. but they knew that that my mother's mother shouldn't have children no um but back then no it was different oh well you could be having triplets and not know exactly (laughs) exactly so you know things were way different and Mm -hmm. and you know the the lifespan of people was different too Mm -hmm. you know you don't necessarily live to be 90 100 years old back then so well and that's i mean having a child was a big medical condition too and that's one thing that we kind of take for granted for the these days we take for granted having children most people have decent care especially in the first world right when i had when i was pregnant i never thought twice i mean i didn't really mm -hmm. ever and part of it was i was young when i first started having kids and and then it went well, and I just, you know, figured that's just the way it worked I'm gonna out. I'm going to have another eight. Right, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, after the first one, it took about a month before I was like, okay, I can do this again. Because it is very traumatic, mm-hmm. you know, and changes your Big life. So, but but really, you forget. It's you funny. didn't think you were going to die having, getting pregnant again. Like, you, you never thought that I this just, could kill me. No, no. I, I didn't think that, you know, this was... It, it seemed like a very natural thing, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you have them and everything is okay. And though I did have some um, bleeding, mm-hmm. you know, they were a little worried. They almost had to do a um, blood transfusion actually with Caroline, but that was with the first. Surgery. Yeah. But after that, you know, I was really blessed. We, you know, I took it so for granted mm-hmm. and, and it just, you know, but people have trouble and 
back then I can only imagine the problems that they had you know how it wasn't I mean I remember when I was a kid and I went to the dentist he was (laughs) he literally stood on the chair and yanked my my tooth out with a with a pliers I think I don't know if he even gave me anything probably not. <laughs> probably punched me in the nose or not guys were a lot tougher back then we're kind of wimps these days <laughs> yeah I'm glad I'm glad because I um, like just doing laundry and all the modern conveniences of nowadays oh, right you know can you imagine living oh my goodness and having so much to work. do some of this stuff i i say so spoiled i say know? that i would like to live off the grid and i want to mm-hmm. you know i want to have a garden and i want to as long as i have the modern conveniences to go along with right it, as it'll long be easy as <laughs> if your vegetables all get eaten with bug like i had i just had some spinach in my we garden we may starve yeah there was spinach in I didn't notice any bugs on it. I was using it for my salad, and there was a little caterpillar in my food. And I was like, ah, like I oh, don't love this part of growing my own food. Yeah, you know, yeah, so because you we can don't still think have the grocery that. store. I know. Oh, they would have just eaten a bag then. Nobody cared. Yeah, I mean, you no, you yeah. pick it off, or or maybe they right. eat the caterpillar. I don't know. I don't know what they did, but I don't. I don't include caterpillars in my diet. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I'll tell you, we, we have been so blessed with... All of us have been, for the most healthy part, healthy and kids. And intelligent, never any problems at school, really. Mm-hmm. Very rarely. I mean, I don't, I don't think I ever got called specifically for a child, mm-hmm. you know, being anything, you know, other than maybe they got a, you know, bad grade on a test or something, mm-hmm. but... Were you guys good students as well as children? Um, I mean, dad... So. dad is a very intelligent person but not a great student mm-hmm. he's you know he's never been a great student and i was an okay student i mean i got the grades but didn't really care enough to study or anything mm-hmm. you know but i did well i mean was your mom pretty actively like involved with your school mm-hmm. or you guys going to school or no. you just sent you Nah, we just went and to you school. used to ride a city bus to school didn't we you? had to take two city buses actually to school to get where we needed to go mm-hmm. um yeah, she wasn't a like she wasn't really involved in any of that. She wasn't too concerned about any no. of that. Yeah. And then she she did start driving us to school once she's got her license. <laughs> <laughs> How but, did you get? So you had to take the bus to get anywhere. The, well, the when we were really and, young, we walked to school. Mm-hmm. We walked to Fifty School, which was only a, like I don't want to say it's a block away, but like past. Do you know where the highway is now? Mm-hmm. We, it was past there. Right. And she know. would she walk with you, or you just went with oh, your no, older no, no. siblings? We had older siblings to walk with. We No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Um, <laughs> one time we were walking to school, and it was really, really muddy. Kind of remind me of recently here. And um, I was just walking like normal, and my shoe did not come with me. And we ended up leaving my shoe where it was because we could Stuck not in the get mud. it out of the mud. <laughs> it was <laughs> awful. <laughs> so I walked home barefoot. But um, What did your mom say when you came home? Did she? Alan, where's your shoe? <laughs> it's like the time when I would, I for some reason liked orange, I think, in school because I would come home with orange paint all over my dresses. I liked wearing dresses. Mm-hmm. Always had orange. Oh, why don't you wear a smock, Alan? <laughs> I don't know. Well, because she worked very hard on those clothes if they were the yes. clothes she made for oh, you. Oh, I feel so awful. Oh. I, they were probably like disposable clothes. Right? Okay, that's yeah. that's a huge transition too. So now growing up, did you, once you had kids of your own, how did that make you feel about your own mother? Oh, gosh. I remember, 
I remember, I forget how many kids I had, two or three, going to her one day and just saying, gosh, mom, thank you. I did not realize what you did for us. You know, you don't, you just, you're so spoiled and self-absorbed that you don't really notice all the things that, Mm -hmm. you know, mothers do. And and, um, I just, I was like, you had six, how did you do this? Mm -hmm. You know, how did you, I mean, and she was, she wasn't like, always real sweet sweet but she she didn't really yell much Mm -hmm. I don't recall her really yelling at us or you know I mean she was she definitely got us to do what she wanted us to Mm -hmm. do but I don't I remember when we would be bad she would put us at the kitchen table and we couldn't talk and we'd be like, but it wasn't our fault. It was, it was Paul. It was always Paul. <laughs> Paul's the baby. It's always the baby's fault. It's, it's always spoiled. Fisher's fault now. Yes. That's the same thing. Yes. But see, you couldn't, when when Paul would do something wrong, of course, I couldn't I couldn't yell back at him because if I yelled, she would hear me. Right. And then Paul was sneaky. Oh. <laughs> he did things my mother never even saw, you know. And then, because it was, we had three elders, and we had three youngers, kind of like we have now with the mm-hmm. five and the and the four. Um, we we would um, it would be two against one always because the three olders weren't involved, you know. But it would be it would always be Paul and Renee against me. Oh no! And I was such a baby that I would <laughs> I I couldn't imagine hurting anybody, so I would just let them hurt me. <laughs> Well, that's so that's an interesting dynamic too because with the three and three, now you've read a little bit of the birth order book. Correct, yes. The it oldest, is. the middle, and the baby. Mm-hmm. It I mean, it blows my mind. Yeah, the it personality is so true. similarities mm-hmm. between and I see it with, you know, just my older sister, me, and my the one just younger than me, the three of us. Right. And then I see it again with the three youngest boys in our family. They, the personality traits of the oldest. I mean, the the mm-hmm. real very tight, very perfectionist. Focused. Yes, yep. we say paralyzed perfection. Yes, like paralyzed oh. perfectionist. These oldest kids, these poor <clears throat> things. Yep, and, and, and I did that and to and my it's own our child. Fault. <laughs> it is. It's our fault because we are learning. As we're teaching them, as they're growing up, we're learning how to be parents. We're right? such a nervous wreck. I mean, every little thing that they do and, you know, you're watching them and thinking, is this normal, you mm-hmm. know? And we're trying to do, get them to do everything fast. Oh, like yeah. yeah. Walk and talk we, and yeah. you pay so much attention ten to their months. every move. Caroline walked at 10 months and, and my husband is so proud of that. It's like, so what? Now They're I wish they walking. never walked. <laughs> they couldn't get away from me. <laughs> but but it's true. We force mm-hmm. such perfection on them, and we want you know we we want to be proud of these kids, you know. And then the middle is usually <clears throat> the more sensitive, almost defensive sometimes. Always, with their, always, and their that responses. was me, defensive, sensitive. Try, also, you. To, yeah, it was yes. very much me. And yeah. it's Lily. It's my middle, mm-hmm. and then I mean, Danny. I see, yeah, it's mm-hmm. Danny. It's it's Kelly's yep. middle child, and. Yeah, the second child, and it's Joey's second child. It's a little jerk too. Really, yeah. They're all so sensitive. All these middle kids, the second is sensitive, and I think it's because we always had our toys taken from us. Like the minute, the minute we came out, everything we had was snatched from us, and And you couldn't do anything about it. And I remember that with Kelly's Mm -hmm. two daughters. I remember sitting there one day. She had just brought Andalyn home from the hospital, Mm -hmm. and Della, and Della was. Della's a little aggressive, 
at that time she was she was aggressive she's she's a lot sweeter and and you know more caring now but, but she was a first she but was she like was all a first, the first and she had intense. i mean she wasn't used to have to sharing you know mm-hmm. how when you're the first you get everything so here's this baby well she, she wanted the cushion that was underneath this baby and they were out on the concrete patio oh out goodness, in the you yeah. know the screened in porch there and she just grabbed that cushion, and it didn't matter that there was a baby on there. And she yanked it, and the poor kid hit her head on the concrete. I, I mean, only a matter of a few days mm-hmm. old, you know. And uh, well, Crimson put Lily in the hospital. <laughs> she was sick with a cold, and she stood over Lily, sneezing in her face. Yeah. And Lily was hospitalized for RSV. Well, it's like it's and... like um, Tommy and Danny. Tommy That's threw a right. car. He threw a and, match and, car at his. And Danny had to have yep. stitches when he was two months old because oh. you know. These older kids, they're just abusive. (laughs) (laughs) No offense, I'm married to a firstborn. As I am. And you are too, yeah. Maybe that's a thing too. Maybe we're drawn as middle kids. We need that. We almost need that counterpart, that that controlling counterpart. I think it's because we wish we could be that more. I agree. I wish I could be so much more like More assertive and and more... Organized and... Definitely. And intentional about things, very, like, planning and thoughtful. Yep. I mean... I agree. And and Al doesn't do anything until he's researched it for about five months. But but I think, too, (laughs) the balance of of their perfection and our just wing it, Mm -hmm. you know, goes so well together. Right. That you do end up accomplishing a lot because when they're researching and learning all about this thing, and you know, we kind of they slow us down a little mm. bit where we're ready to just go. Oh yeah, we would. I mean, we'd. I don't think we'd have a house. I think we'd probably be traveling the world with three kids. I, if I had control over this, there would be. We would have no roots. I would probably be just homeschooling. They'd only be right. fluent in arts. Which may or may not be a bad thing, but but it definitely different. Definitely it would different. be so much different. But even when we do a project, you mm-hmm. know, he's always there to kind of rein us in a little and say, hey, you know, maybe we should do it this way and, you know, kind of kind of get the nuts and bolts in order. He before makes sure we, we do it right. Yeah. Right. And, and so it ends up coming out really well where our projects get done, but eh, maybe We're like, not. oh, that screw didn't go in totally. Let's just saws all the top off of it. <laughs> it's good enough. Done is better than perfect. It is. It's done. Fine. Hey, at least it's done. Oh, <laughs> it could just be sitting in, the, in a pile exactly. there waiting to be done. That's true. We start the projects, then they have right. to help us fix right. them. If we didn't start finish. it, it would never get done. That's true. We're the, the, the fire. And then, yeah. So um, I want to go a little bit, because we could talk forever. We always love talking to you. Um, But back to Barbara Hepworth. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, because she is most known for her pierced sculptures and which are basically like you know she she has you know how kelly has that sculpture she did that's like she calls it her ovary and it's a circle with the hole in the middle that is so it it looks like it's so inspired by one of her sculptures because she she basically introduced the hole to british sculpture and she so she started putting a hole in the middle and this absent space was a part of the sculpture so she started this this piercing her sculptures when after she had her first child and i just find that so interesting because she didn't actually credit the inspiration for piercing her you know through this wood or through this ceramic or stone or whatever materials she was using she didn't credit that to any type of her motherhood but we've seen that motherhood 
played a inspired role some of her in work. her work, mm-hmm. and, and it changed once she had um, her children. And I can't help but think that part of that is so representative towards what it is like to be a mother, that 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 part of you, that central space in you that fills with this child and then is then emptied. And then, and I love the idea of the word whole being H-O-L-E being spelled as whole versus Mm W-H-O-L-E. So that whole becomes whole. Right. I would never have thought of that, but yeah. I love, I love that part of her sculptural work. It's so neat. And so this is what she actually says about it. Uh, she says, I believe that the dynamic quality of the surfaces of sculpture can be increased by devices which give one the impression that a form has been created by forces operating within its own mass as well as from outside. The piercing of a mass is a response to my desire to liberate mass without departing from it. Hmm. And I just I think of that as part of motherhood i mean and she's not saying anything having to do with motherhood motherhood. but doesn't that just sound i mean she says she says by piercing the piercing of of mass is a response to my desire to liberate mass without departing from it so it's almost like as children you know like you said when we're inside you when you actually are carrying a child you're protecting them, you're growing them, you are more, you feel them. Move. I almost can visualize the child mm-hmm. like like leaving a hole in my yes. abdomen That's, and then going off yes. to become what you've all become. And you've you know? liberated it, mm-hmm. but you don't mm-hmm. ever depart from it. No, so. you'll never depart from it. You right. always are You'll always get those 2 a.m. phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you fear so desperately oh, fear. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, oh, that's such a beautiful, beautiful thought, really. Know, it it puts it so in cool. such a such a different perspective. And Yeah, and I'll put some of her pieces, some of my favorite of her pieces, in the show notes for this show because I just think, I mean, her work is beautiful. And it just, to me, it feels like motherhood. And I love the fact that she surprisingly had triplets. It's yeah. just, I can't imagine. I had mine three, oh my three pretty spaced apart. That just, and she just seemed like it, you know, it, just, I had three. I had to adapt for a couple well, days. think about <laughs> it. Think about it. When you're a first mother, mm-hmm. what do you do? Oh, gosh, they got dirty. Oh, gosh, mm-hmm. they spit up. You know, everything has to be perfect. No wonder they're type A. Here right. we have, we, you know, I mean, they're constantly perfect. Yes. They have to be perfect. They have to be clean. You bathe them constantly. You, you know, you dress them perfectly. What do your kids do now? Mm-hmm. I was out in the creek with me. <laughs> yeah. We were walking the whole creek. Muddy mess, you know, I mean. Right. Well, and the, the irony of it with her kids, too, were was that her firstborn, which was not one of the triplets, he's the one that was killed young. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Now, that, were they all boys? Or um, what were they? The triplets, you know? I think there was, there was definitely at least one girl in the triplets. Mm-hmm. It was a boy, and I, it might have been two boys and a girl mm-hmm. for the triplets. I'd have to look into that. But And mm-hmm. I, I tried so hard to figure out what they did with their lives because I wanted to see if they had become artists, too, or creatives, right. or where they went. Right. I couldn't find anything about it. Maybe other people know and they can share that with us. It would be interesting um, to see where they went from, you know, be? coming from her. Yeah. Because you can either, I find that children 
either go and do the same mistakes or the same things as their parents or they totally fight against it and try to become something completely opposite of them right you know and um it's almost like they rebel yeah yeah well in in, in some ways it's good yeah you know i mean if you're from an abusive family Mm -hmm. you know and you go off and you become a nurturing you know Right. That would be a wonderful thing, but then again, you know, sometimes you rebel for the sake of rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a, you're just become a black or, sheep because that's your change. attention. Yeah, because like for instance, your mom she wasn't super nurturing. You are, you are a snuggler with like you always loved on us and cuddled with us, and to, you really always felt us feel truly loved and and warm and. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, and you do with the, the <laughs> to this day. Too. I love. Yeah. I mean. We, in when you guys leave the kids with us and they come wandering mm-hmm. in at whatever hour they come in in the morning and they climb right into bed with us mm-hmm. you know and me <laughs> Pappy has to say what about puppy <laughs> but I mean and they mm-hmm. you know snug, and there's only two sides of me so one has to be on top of me because right. you know you can't leave one out I can't leave yeah. one out you I'm are always... still trying to make it even know, always and you're such a peacemaker I love it though it's so um, good well okay because so they all matter so they much do they matter. need to know they matter <laughs> if you were to say anything give any type of advice and you are so good about we didn't even get into all this I mean I could have five episodes with you but when I had my own kids you never told me the right or wrong ways to do things so I mean you've just and you know it you've had nine kids you've kept us all alive there's no right or wrong way that's the thing and every kid is so different you have to go with what they are Mm. you have to adapt adapt to, to the what child. they are because you have to be responsive just just discipline mm-hmm. you know you did not discipline the way you know you couldn't yell at you and say and, and you would turn around and be good you had that to be way too sensitive yeah you had to be <laughs> coaxed and, and made mm-hmm. to believe that you know you were such a good person but you you know maybe had to change mm-hmm. i don't even know almost Everybody like we need that yeah i needed the reason i have to do that with lily mm-hmm. see it with lily so crimson i can just Positive. ground her and right. she's yes and she'll change yeah she'll lily, get better oh, if you scold her mm-hmm. even if you just raise your voice with her she runs upstairs in tears and right. i have right. to explain she thinks she's a terrible person no yeah know? it's the end of the world it's the end of and the she's world. not she's so sweet she's probably the sweetest but that's part the thing of the she, <laughs> because she is a a pleaser yes that that's devastating to mm-hmm. her it's devastating she tries to do good all when, the time when somebody because my heart to me i've always want the best mm-hmm. i always want people to feel good and but when somebody makes me feel like i did something that didn't make them feel good mm-hmm. that is devastating to yeah. me so you know that's probably where she is so you have to just you know these people that think they're an expert on anything blows my mind because I am no expert <laughs> I am I and learn and, and, and try and mm-hmm. and and screw up constantly right. you know and and I get feedback poor Gracie she's the fifth daughter <laughs> and and in some ways I spoiled her maybe more with things because oh, she was everybody we, else we you know. spoiled her with attention the older kids mm-hmm. but she doesn't remember any of no, that she doesn't remember it's, and I did too because yeah. You know, she was the first in a in a while. Mm-hmm. She doesn't remember that. Oh, so she was our little doll. But to her, it was you know she had to share with with you know the older ones and the younger ones. Mm-hmm. We dragged her to 
to volleyball games and to you know god knows whatever and then all to all the, all the boys baseball and then games the boys and craps and yeah. you know i mean she just feels like you know she, and 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 then you have the peer pressure of of other children and we're not spoilers i will mm-hmm. not buy my children a car mm-hmm. i will not pay for their college mm-hmm. because i don't think not that i wouldn't help them i would help them do anything mm-hmm. but i don't think that that's something that's gonna that they're gonna take it for granted they're gonna screw it up and they're gonna waste you know their time and money why would you do that you have to they have to invest something mm-hmm. in order to feel like it's worth something you know what I mean? So I agree. I mean, I feel like I'm a stronger person because I've had to work for everything. I and have. it's and, never. But you've always helped ever. me. You've been there emotionally. You've been there physically. I mean, we drywalled my studio together. Remember, <laughs> remember your project in high school when you had to do the baby. Oh, do you remember yes, the baby. The baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and we were talking about it and brainstorming. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Is I think above even doing a project. And, and, and it's the time any together. of my kids know that if there's a project to be done, I am the I am the go to. <laughs> you always call mom, <laughs> and an I get just as excited as anybody else. You're just so fun to brainstorm with too. You, I mean, and it, even if it's completely unrelated, if we start talking about totally anything, even unrealistic, maybe, mm-hmm. but just that, that. Oh my gosh, you know the the possibilities are so endless, mm-hmm. and, and we have to. You know, we can we do anything. This? What if we did that? <laughs> yeah, let's take it to the and next some level. Some of it is so <laughs> off the wall, but yet, but yet, it gets you to a point where you can meet in the middle and find right. something that actually works. Well, then you, you know? have our husbands who say, "Okay, poo, let's poo, poo, let's poo, poo. be real, guys. This is <laughs> not that. making any. I don't sense. want to be real. <laughs> oh goodness. So, okay, the last mm. thing I'm trying to do with each episode is, and I kind of. It doesn't really work as much for you because I know that most of your art in your house is like from me and whatever. <laughs> I want to ask people what their favorite piece of art is in their home and what inspires them. But for you, it's different because when I had Crimson, mm. when I became a mom, <clears throat> I felt like my connection to you and with you was exponentially just like intertwined. So, so much deeper and intense and I felt I felt like this bond had been created and of course you were there when she was born Mm. and that was such an emotional period it was so beautiful and so then I started for you know after that I wanted to give a gift to you on my birthday because I I knew that day was so that day was so meaningful to me the day my child was born and so I meant I thought that for you that day would be a big day for you and so that's when I gave you that painting it's so interesting to see how you can look at that from your perspective and and know how important it was to me and yes that is the most beautiful painting the the rose and it's just it's just connects you with your childhood with the grandpa's rose it just has it entails everything that i am and that you are with me you know the whole and it has crimson relationship three hearts right it's just it's just amazing and Mm -hmm. there has never been a spot i want to put it in this amazing (laughs) spot that it's worthy of or that that is worthy of it and i and i have I don't have it yet. <laughs> well, and it's called Goddess Leto, which is the goddess of motherhood. Which oh, it's just amazing. I mean, that, and that's you to me. And you I feel are so the selfish of motherhood <laughs> because I am keeping it all to myself, but it's mine. 
<laughs> but yes, it is. It is amazing, and and it is something that, you know, th- there is just no. It was the way I could communicate with you, I think, because being an artist and you're a creative too. And Grandpa was an artist, and there's just so much in our family that's creative, and it's a really. Yeah, special... I wish that he were here to see how how far you've come. It, it would. Well, and sure your mom, knows, and but. your mom. So that's it. And I don't want to end on a super emotional note, <laughs> but I kind of do because motherhood is so important. And I fear the day. I mean, we talk about outliving our children. I hope you outlive me. And I know I don't want to put that pain on you, yeah. but I can't outlive you. Well, I, I don't want to. I, I can't. It's pain me. either way. Yeah. It's, it's I. It's an unbearable pain either way. Mm-hmm. I remember as a child thinking about losing either of my parents mm-hmm. and thinking I couldn't live through that. I couldn't live through that but the thought of losing one of my children who I knew from you know the womb yeah I mean mm-hmm. the the first movement inside of you to you know to when they actually were exposed to the world and mm-hmm. it, I just can't even imagine I can't you know but well if you could say anything to grandma now after coming so far and after experiencing life without her what would you say to your own mother I just I just miss her so much. I just miss her so much. I can't talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Ma, uh, you didn't expect that that question. So I just but yeah. I I I just want I just I just feel so blessed by by my mom and my upbringing and my children and grandchildren and I nobody deserves. I certainly don't. Everyone is just so in love with you. <laughs> you are a saint of a woman. <laughs> you need sainthood. Some days. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, we should probably wrap this up as much as I could keep this going forever with my sweet and wonderful mother. Um, I thank you guys all for listening, Mom. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. It was really special. You're so Now that I'm crying. Now we've got to get Mom on some other episodes, which we can address different topics. But again, I mean, they're always going to run long. I don't know, because (laughs) this is my favorite subject. This is motherhood. It's a great one. So I wish you guys a wonderful day. And we are sending a llama love from my art studio in Nashville, Tennessee. All right, well, there you go. I think I even learned things about my own mom today that I didn't know about. So this was really fun. Um, Thank you guys again for listening along to us and all of our laughter and and kind of silliness. And then I got a little bit of emotional there. So um, I hope that all of the mothers out there have an amazing Mother's Day. I'd love to hear your thoughts on motherhood, whether it be from the perspective of being a mom to just simply having a mom so feel free to you know reach out to me you can connect with me through the show notes at kayamas.com or all of your favorite social media channels i'm on instagram and facebook at kayamas art so i will see you over there and i hope everybody just has a wonderful day